All right. We're going to stay in the 90s. We're going to stay. We're going to stay in the 90s. I just pressed Not go to the 90s. We're going to stay in the 90s. Ready? Do I have a hand? Oh, little Will Smith! This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Little Fresh Prince in the house. Grew up in Philly, right? He did. In fact, I love that he even names Philly in this. Yeah. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Do they ever get into the Eagles and does he really name kind of Philly sports ever? I don't watch the show that much. I don't know. <laughs> no. I, I, the only other character I can name is Carlton. Okay. And that's largely because of the dance. The, the Carlton dance, that's a great dance. Well, the dance has become, it's become infamous. Yeah, if you don't know the Carlton dance, just Google just Carl, Google it on YouTube right the now. The Carlton dance. And then look for it at your next wedding. There's, <laughs> there's always somebody doing the Carlton dance. And that has been me at times because I just, it's very inviting. It's, it's if you want to be a goofball. Do the Carlton dance. Great dance. It's a great dance, yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Joel and Rob's podcast, where we explore a chapter from Brian McLaren's We Make the Road by Walking. We're in chapter 22, titled Jesus the Teacher. How are you today, Rob, on this Wednesday afternoon? I'm doing well, brother. How about you? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Good. Um... So, in this chapter, uh, Brian explores Mark chapter 4. And so, last week, uh, Brian explored Mark chapter 2. Actually, Mark chapter 1. And briefly described, yep, Jesus' initial ministry is healing. I think there's 13 stories in the first few chapters of Mark that are healing, Listen, some are, are you exorcism. Breaking out the statistics. Well, because I'm preaching on it this Sunday. That's oh, why. nice. <laughs> it's it's all lodged up here. Getting ready for Sunday. Thirteen but, healing stories. But multiple healing stories. And then this is where his teaching ministry begins. Mm-hmm. And he begins with parables. Mm-hmm. Um, so he begins with the parable of the growing seed and then into the Mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did I miss one? Yes, parable of the sower. The sower. So That's first off, um, let's back up a second. Um, parables are kind of a signature teaching element of Jesus. Yes. What are your thoughts on parables? What do you like about them? What do you dislike about them? Yeah, both, because it's a love-hate, right? I love and hate the way in which parables... Um, refuse to give you answers Mm -hmm. and instead insist on making you think and explore and dig. Yep. Um, And just when you think you have figured it out, you go back to the parable and realize, oh, good grief, like an onion, there's another layer here and you have to start digging all over again. Absolutely. It's part of their great, incredible power and also part of what makes them so frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I I have come to love them. I love the gray area of them. Mm. I love these that, that, and we'll talk about them in a sec, um, 
that come from Mark chapter four, mm-hmm. compared to um, like the parable of uh, the two sons in in Luke, the parable of the prodigal son that mm-hmm. really is it's it's fairly straightforward. It's it's a story that you can really kind of look around in, mm-hmm. um, where these stories are very mysterious. They're about a plants a seed that grows. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something. Uh, very, I guess you can't put it in a container. You can't kind of put boundaries around it. And I like that. Mm. I've come to like that even more. When I was younger, I probably didn't like that enough because I went to buy the Bible and I wanted... Black and white. I wanted black and white. I wanted an answer. And this one left me kind of going, huh. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, And so, and I think also these in particular, these that have an emphasis on growth mm. um, uh, to me speaks to the spiritual life that we are on. Do you um, like preaching the parables? I do. I do now. At first, I couldn't stand it. Um, so you, you didn't like it at first. I didn't. Okay. Um, I didn't. when I Partially because I was looking for... So my first, first time I preached the parable of growing seed... I was pulling my hair out leading up to that sermon because I wanted to find something um, huge and monumental. Revelatory. Revelatory in that three-verse scripture. <laughs> and I the seed grows. And I couldn't find it, and I kept trying yeah. to get there. And the sermon, honestly, just never really came together, never worked. Um, and so... <clears throat> uh, and then after that, I realized, oh my gosh, I just I needed to let let that basic kind of image and theme and message of growth kind of what does that look like in our mm. lives. Then I went, oh, my gosh, I, mm-hmm. I I would love to preach on that. And now enjoy it. But at first, man, it was tough. Mm. It was tough. Um, and so I can only imagine hearing these stories as a first century listener, like sitting at the feet of this healer and teacher who you don't really know you don't know you've heard rumors about yeah and hearing him tell these stories and waiting to hear kind of doctrine and tell me what i should go do exactly tell me what to believe tell Tell me me what to believe and instead that's exactly a great point instead he's inviting me to think about a seed that's planted that continues to grow and produce and gets to the point where it's so big that Mm -hmm. birds nest in its branches. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I can't become wheat Jesus. (laughs) What? That would have been my thought initially. Um, But in some ways, these parables, especially these right here, are this perfect kind of example or invitation into a lifelong journey of faith. Yeah, well said. That it's it's not just a one time I got the answer and I'm good to go. Yeah, if you come looking for an answer, um, the parables will absolutely leave you wanting. Yes. Yeah, the, the parables are an entry into a journey. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a phone conversation actually today with somebody... Um, who was essentially saying, you know, what what do you believe? What should I believe? Somebody mm. who was really wrestling with 
some deep theological questions mm-hmm. and, and and the struggle is that there there when it comes to faith there are a few quick simple clear cut answers to the deep abiding questions we all have about life and our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, mm. that's why why Brian calls it, you know, it's a road that we have to travel. It's a road we have to actually make and yep. walk. And yep. it's in the traveling, it's in the journeying that we begin to uncover more and more of who and whose we are. And the parables are a mm. beautiful part of that. Yep. Well said. Let's dive into Brian's chapter. Um, what jumped out at you? <clears throat> Anything in particular? Um, oh, yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start since you're looking it up. Uh, since we're on parables, Brian kind of jumps into naming six areas of how Jesus mm-hmm. taught um, throughout his ministry. And then he, the sixth one is um, parables. And he has a great definition of, of how they work and why they've worked they work so well and continue to do so. He said his, his parables drew his hearers into deeper thought by engaging their imagination and by inviting interpretation instead of reaction and argument. Mm-hmm. In this way, parables put people in the position of children who are more attracted to stories than to arguments. Faced with a parable, listeners were invited to give matters a second thought. They could then ask questions, stay curious, ooh, I like that word, and seek something deeper than agreement or disagreement, namely meaning. Yeah, that same section. uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. And just how quickly we come to the scriptures looking for black and white answers well, and, and basically yes or looking no, you're right I'm wrong or yeah. I'm right you're wrong and I'm going to prove to you why why yeah. you're right and the par- and he and and McLaren says it beautifully parables immediately disarm that yeah yep and invite us into something deeper than so much deeper. you are right and I am wrong yeah. which is something that's much more meaningful which is yep. meaning itself and Amen. purpose yep <clears throat> yeah yeah I also absolutely love, because this has become a huge part of my own faith journey, frankly, Um, uh, Brian's language about the kingdom of God Uh and how he begins to to really articulate what, for me, was a a transformational moment in my own faith journey. I went to seminary, you know, with pretty biblically illiterate, theologically naive— not even sure I wanted to end up being a parish pastor. Right. Frankly. Yep. So uh, it was very exploratory. But but one of the questions that I was constantly wrestling with was really the question of salvation. Yep. Who gets into heaven when we die? And, you know, is there is there really a hell? Can yeah. a God of love really send people to hell for all eternity? I mean, these were kind of the questions I was wrestling with. And I remember... Uh, the our one of our worship professors asked we were all first year students there first first of a three year program um, asked us what were were the questions on my mind and people are on first year students minds and yep. and people were asking what I thought were were perfectly lovely 
questions, but they were also far deeper questions than the the burning one on mine. And that's, I want to, how come I've been here now basically a whole semester and I still haven't learned, you know, really <laughs> what the reform tradition says about who's in and who's out. Yeah. Um, and so for me, uh, the journey into realizing, you know, that the gospels, I, that's a, it's a product of the 20th century church that funnels faith down into being about where you go when you die. Yeah. The gospels are really about living salvation in the here and now. Yep. It's about bringing heaven down to earth, trusting God in all things, in life and in death. So, yes, it's trusting God in death and, and, and certainly in the salvific life to come. Yep. But yes. much more than that, faith is about the journey of here and now. Yep. And so when he talks about the kingdom of God um, isn't uh, for Jesus, the kingdom of heaven wasn't a place we go up to someday. It was a reality. We pray to come down here now. It wasn't a distant future reality. It was at hand. It's within reach. Have you heard the phrase McLaren used to describe um, the theology of saying a certain prayer to get my ticket to go to heaven? Oh, right? no. we, told, we talked about that. No. Uh, and it was McLaren in another book years ago, I think maybe around seminary for me or before, I was struggling with that same question. And he describes it as evacuation theology. <laughs> so I pray. Oh, that I ha- you have mentioned that. Before. I, I've, I think I've, I've even mentioned it in a sermon before. Yeah. Um, on evangelism, probably. Because you're right. That's we, exactly what it is. We say a prayer. We've got our ticket. And we will soon be evacuated out of here mm-hmm. to heaven and to a greater place. Which he then says does then impact how we live and care about not only our neighbors, but the world itself. I've got my ticket out of here. So I got my ticket. If you've got yours. So it doesn't really matter in how I treat the earth. It doesn't really matter how other people are suffering throughout the world because I'm, I've got my get out of jail mm-hmm. free card. Um, and so that phrase, yeah. it, it, it spoke to exactly what I was kind of feeling at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it, we actually say every week, we say the Lord's Prayer most weeks in worship. And that prayer says, Our Father, thy kingdom, thy come. kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So the, Jesus' prayer is this prayer yeah. to bring heaven here. Thy kingdom come. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yet the church did a wonderful job. <laughs> throughout the 1900s, completely and utterly turning that upside down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he does a great job of, of trying to flesh out this idea, and it's such a hard thing to wrap our heads around of, the kingdom of God, because the language we don't really use. It's more... We don't live in a kingdom. The word we medieval live in a republic. is kingdom. Yeah. Yes. And so he even says... Thy republic come. He says, we, he says contemporary concepts like nation, state, government, society, economic system, culture, superpower, elite, empire, civilization, all resonate with that one word, kingdom. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a global commonwealth of God, a regenerative economy... One that is actually really growing in popularity is when you is the turn God's beloved community. 
Yeah. Instead of God's kingdom, God's beloved community. I've also heard God's kingdom. Take the G out. Just God's to, kingdom. To yes. describe it's a, yeah, it's a community of people. Really and I think for me, too, as I've explored kingdom of God, it's also been... Um, it's been emphasized in me that that it is God for us. And when I say us, mm. I do not mean... You and me. You and me, and or Presbyterians, or Christians. Amen. I mean God for humanity. Yeah. The kingdom of God is for the world. Um, or at least that's what it encompasses. Um, it, is well not, it is not... It is not... It is not something that is just for Christians. But we, as Christians, um, we obviously are here to promote it yeah. and emphasize this kind of global embracing of all there is. I 100% agree with you. And yet I think we should also note that we're in the minority. The majority of Christians, I think, probably do hold that it is exclusive under Christianity. No. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. that uh, to be uh, blessed with the grace of Jesus Christ, one must trust and believe that Jesus Christ was sent by God as God incarnate or God's only son. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can, to be clear, you can be Presbyterian and believe that. It's certainly a reformed faith. Mm-hmm. But you can absolutely also be Presbyterian or reformed and, and have a much more inclusive yes. understanding of that and base it off of Jesus's teachings and some yes. of the parables that Jesus offers and the healings that Jesus offers. Yep. You know, uh, yep. there's a lot of biblical evidence uh, and stories that point to Absolutely. completely and utterly inclusive grace of yep. God for each and for all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, we haven't even got into John's. John really doesn't describe the Gospel of John. Doesn't describe the Kingdom of God. Um, but Brian yeah, notes true. uses kind of different language, mm-hmm. and even he connects Brian's phrase that he's using of being alive, aliveness, mm. being in being in the story of Jesus, alive in the adventure of Jesus, yes. and connects that to what it means to be in the Kingdom of God because it's really this like. He's got a chapter on it, but it all it, it needs multiple chapters to flesh out, because mm-hmm. um, uh, Jesus will often say it's kingdom of God is within you. Mm-hmm. Um, yet it's also this that's here and now that was being lived out in Jesus's ministry. You know, he said beginning of Mark, the kingdom of God is here yep. now, and then he goes and starts healing people. Yep. And so just that healing was demonstrating um, God's. Uh, favor or yeah. God for humanity. Um, yeah, amen. Uh, so much so that a kingdom is not territorial or boundary. A kingdom is something to be experienced and to be lived. Yeah. You know. It's a good way to say it. Yep. To be experienced and lived. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Anything good else? Stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. Well, thanks, Joel. <laughs> thanks for hosting. No, thank you, Rob. And I- <laughs> And I and I continue in my belief that you are significant <laughs> and you are wonderful. Right back at you, big guy. <laughs> Until next time, you can find us on social media at our handles, Towson Press on Facebook and Instagram. Our website's TowsonPress.org. We've got worship at 830 and... 
10 o'clock. Anything else to share? I'm Rob. He's Joel. Joel. Until next time. We'll see you later.